podcast on the entire internet the, that the, is literally true literally the only one there are no others no others there's no we have no competitors direct or indirect called the we big damn cast absolutely not <laughs> we're one of a kind we're wombling free uh, uh, and we are we also are one of a kind of which there are many <laughs> oh god um many what Many meats. Chris, did your dog just fart? Possibly. Oh, that smells... I didn't smell it because I burped out Yazoo, or whatever it is I'm drinking at the same time. It so. could have also been you burping out... As does banana-flavoured milk. As does banana-flavoured milk. It's pretty damn tasty. Mm. Mm. Uh, as aforementioned, my name is Christopher... Ooh, that's meaty, Johnson. <laughs> my name is Willem Dafoe. Hi, Willem. Hello. Tell us about your latest movie, The Lighthouse. Why, why just spill your beans? Thanks, Willem. You guys can catch that soon in cinemas everywhere. Uh, one of two movies coming out that are in 4.3 and shot to look like an older film. The other one's The Mountain. Ah, it's not in 4.3. Oh. It's in one eleven nine. Oh, damn! It's a square. It's a flat square. Okay. Time time is a flat circle. Time is a circle of, <laughs> of, of beans. The other one's The Mountain with Jeff Goldblum, which looks really sort of uncomfortable as well. Um, that's the one about the guy who invented the, uh, the the sort of the shortcut lobotomy. Oh, when you go through the eye, ice pick lobotomy. Yes, yeah. fuck that. Yeah, and but but they've got Goldblum to play him, so like it's that weird thing of they're playing off the fact this guy was apparently quite weirdly kooky and charismatic, but ultimately was a pretty damn despicable human being. Yeah, because of just... course he invented that, not like for. Some noble medical reason of like, oh god, there's this the severe this that and the other, blah blah blah. But we've got to do. There's nothing noble about the bottom. No. Stop. Um, but he also would, of course, administer it to people who were punished at a certain level, people in prisons, people who were gay. Yeah. It's just like, oh good lord, this is a horrible person. So what do they do? Masterstroke. Cast one of the most likable men in the world to play the part. Yeah. To make yeah. you feel really creeped out. Meanwhile, the most likable man in Hollywood is playing the most likable man in American television history. Because that trailer came out for Tom Hanks playing Mr. Rogers. Won't you be my neighbour? And I really hope that that coming out finally makes them release uh, the Mr. Rogers... I think, it's, I think it was called Mr. Rogers' Neighbourhood or something. The, the documentary film yeah, that came out mean, last yeah. year um, in the States to release it over here. Because, of course, Mr. Rogers' it's Neighbourhood not... was not a show over here. No, 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 no. It's but... a cultural American... It's an American cultural icon. But it's one of those that whenever stuff pops up about him and you read into it, you go... Oh my god, this man was wonderful. Do you think he might have been the second coming of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ? No, I think he was something better. I think he was Xenu. <laughs> That's one of the Scientology ones, isn't it? He was the reincarnation of the prophet Joseph Smith. Um, he was in Battlefield Earth. <laughs> while he was trying to spell his name! Um, so, yeah. Alfred, the bartender! <laughs> Fucking hell. That's a great... No, it isn't. It's not. <laughs> it's not. It's a good time, but not because it's a good thing. Yeah. It's an entertain. It's oh. an entertaining movie. I, I it's showed, an entertaining movie. I shot. I'll say. I made Kiki watch Venom a few nights back. Oh, why would you do that? 
Because I just wanted to make another human feel pain. Okay, that's perfectly reasonable. <laughs> hated it! Actually, I take it back. That's the one time where lobotomy is the more acceptable she solution. Hated it. Of course she and did. She's got just, a sensible head on her shoulders. I was just grinning the whole time. Knock, knock, like the devil in, malevolent as I've that, ever been. That post credit scene just... Oh, Woody, Woody Harrelson in a freaking clown shop jokestore wig. It's so bad. Oh, Lord. It's it's awful. And it's, it's going to get a sequel. It's not a movie that bears repeat watchings. Andy Serkis is currently yeah. in talks to direct the follow-up. Uh, and Travis Knight as well is, is, is throwing his hat in the ring. Guys, don't. <laughs> Just and don't. It, you don't need to do this. You really don't need to do this, dude. Step back. Knock, knock, show the devil out. Please um, do. God. Uh, but yeah, but that's it for our current film news. Um, um, well, well, speaking of Woody Harrelson, you finally got around to watching... The Zombieland Double Tap trailer. Yeah, which which sort of just escaped our thing. It came out the day after we recorded last week. Yeah. Um, I watched it on a train and my 4G buffered three times, so I got up to the... You should not watch it I, on a I train. I got up to the last gag, you should not watch it on a plane. <laughs> you, should, you should not watch it on a plane because you're supposed to turn your phone off. Oh yeah, well then you can have them on now. Yeah, yeah. Which is weird. It's almost like they realised that it wasn't a thing about a decade <laughs> after Mythbusters busted it. Yeah, true story guys, you will not disrupt equipment in a theatre or a cinema if you have your phone on. But if you turn your phone on during the film or show... I will personally find you and slap you. Um, I have some goddamn respect for not only the people on stage or slash who made the movie and the people around you, but also for your own wallet. You paid Even a lot of, you paid a lot of money to Venom. Be well, not true. Um, what do you think? It's a movie ten years in the making, quite literally, because it they looks, just went, fuck it, let's do another one. It looks like another Zombieland. Quite mm. literally, in a way. Yeah, but a shortcut, in a sense... Because their family's all together at the start this time. It's not about them meeting each other. I think it looks like it could be really good fun. Yeah. Even if it's just an hour and a half of those characters bouncing off each other, rattling around like peas in a zombie can. I would love to spend more time with, um, uh, what do you call it? Tallahassee. Tallahassee, Columbus. Uh, Wichita? Wichita. What's... Little Rock. Little Rock. Like... It was a great movie to the point where, like, I've probably watched it in about seven years and I, I just managed to, with our tag team help, name all the characters. So that shows how much of a market leaves. Um, it's great. It's so much fun. And the fact that we're getting another bite of the apple is just nice to see. Another bite of the arm. Almost, also, Thomas Middleditch. Yes. Which makes me happy. Um, David Arquette. Yeah. Who plays the, the airheaded character? I'm not sure. I'm intrigued to find out what that's about, mostly because I'm like, how has she survived for presumably ten years? Because yeah, Little Rock weird. is all grown up, so they've you know they've they've made a point of, of was... saying that a decade <laughs> has gone by. I love how it opens with Academy Award winner Woody Harrelson, Academy Award nominee Jesse Eisenberg, Academy Award uh, nominee um, Abigail, Breslin. Abigail Breslin, Academy Award winner Emma Stone, and then just rap songs yeah. and beat the shit out of zombies on yeah. the White House lawn. And you're like, yeah. okay. And, and that's um, all happened in the ten years since the original. <laughs> what, what do you want for Christmas, little girl? I want you to stop calling me little girl. <laughs> Please. I have nothing against hippies. I just want to 
beat the shit out of it. It looks like it's going to be great. I mean, the first one was great. This one should be great also. Again, even if it is just more of the first one. And it's from the same guys as well. It's yeah. the same creators. So it's, you know. Because they've been wanting to do it for ages. Oh, yeah. Well, it was briefly so, going to be an Amazon TV series. I, I which is what it was originally going to be a TV series. They pitched it as a TV series. They got rejected copious times because they were told back in 2007 when they were pitching it, no one will watch a zombie TV series. Someone got fired. Yeah. Someone got fired for that decision. Um, but yeah, the film. That was the thing. The film came out. I think the f- same year as the first season of Walking Dead mm. premiered. Well, I think this is the thing. And, it, the, and the response, like even them, the writers and interviews were saying, like, ah, uh, uh, <laughs> it wouldn't have been successful as a TV series because people only like zombie TV shows that are deadly serious and fucking boring. So anything with any sort of spark of humor or anything interesting about it would have fallen flat to be fair yeah speaking of falling flat I don't know what the next topic is how we're going to segue I don't know stuff uh, I'm sure there was another piece of news so this week this week uh, right just to fill you in normally we have happened? like we have a little table of contents that we plan for yeah, yeah. Or, or more recently we've gone like right we'll talk about that and that cool great and today all sense and structure has gone out the window because today is the day where anyone living in the UK do you remember on Wednesday? Yeah. When the heavens shat we themselves? We just got pissed on. We are so. And it rained. Yeah, well, that too. Um, Christ alive. It completely threw everything out of whack. Also, I am, I it's am taken, in the middle. It's taken nearly a whole banana-flavoured milk drink to, yes. get me back to, to get me back to right. I'm, um, I'm in the last couple of weeks before I quit my day job and go back to freelancing full-time. And the I SD, also... The SDJ. Yes. The SDJ. Quitting the SDJ. And also, I have to move out of my house temporarily this weekend. Oh, goes that this weekend? For, for a week, while I get the living room damp-proofed. So, that's going to be fun. <laughs> gonna be... We do, do realise that like you guys have to come and hang out at least a couple nights over that. Well, that Keith's going to be here. Yeah, but I mean, like, you're going to have to come over here some yeah. nights and stuff. and just, just I'm like, going to be at my parents with the cats. Yeah. In little, in little, in little, little papooses. Yeah. Oh, poor Pepper. They'll just be like, so I don't... She's going to be freaking out. Because guaranteed, they're both going to go back to yours. Oh, yeah. Because, like... I'm the, not going to let them out. The, the, the distance between these houses, to sort of put a picture in the listeners' heads, is, like, about five if, to ten minute walk. If, if that, we walk to visit my folks, mm. Talon will follow us. Yeah. <laughs> he will come with us to go visit into the house parents. and chill. Yeah. yeah. And he'll just chill out there. <laughs> Whereas now That's they're going to do that. Enough. They're going to go back to the house and be like... Why is no one feeding me here? Tell him to be fine. Why is no one letting me in to feed me? He's already been there. He's stayed there before. <laughs> After the fire, he stayed there yeah, for a while. Yeah, he did, yeah. But Pepper, she was really unhappy when we moved last time. So she's really not going to like being uh, <laughs> uh, uprooted for a week. Tell her, deal with it. She can come live here. Nope. Okay. Can you imagine Pepper and Minnie? Oh, God. Can you imagine Pepper and Luna? They'd form some oh. kind of like... They'd form some kind of like... Um, sort of hermit society where they'd go and live on a tall pile <laughs> well, no, or something somewhere else in the house together and every now and again Luna would be like it's nice to find out someone to confide where the hell did you go? <laughs> and will be like hidden a under a pair of eyes in un- the shadow or under the bath or something <laughs> just like oh well, she'll do God. what she'll do to you what she does to what she does to us which is she sits <laughs> on your bedside table and just stares at you oh. intently and then you wake up and she's just there. Well, I did recently clear my bedside table. I was so proud of it that I Instagram storied it because we're all dying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was great. I was watching the special features on us on the Blu-ray last night. Yes. And they're all about the making of and this, that and the other. But the one special feature uh, was just 
five minutes of improv converse- conversation between Winston Duke and Tim Heidecker of them on the lounges just talking <laughs> on the beach. <laughs> and none of it was stuff that was used in the film. So it was they obviously they were just rolled for like a couple of hours and they spitballed and whatever. And, yeah. and then bits of it were picked out for the film. Um, and the special feature was just called We're, we're All Dying. That was all it was called. <laughs> that, that, that was the only. I was like, "What's that? We're all dying!" And I clicked on it. It was just five minutes of essentially improv outtakes. Brilliant. I was like, "Oh my god, that's incredible! That is incredible!" That someone sat there and went, "Oh fucking hell, we're all dying." All right. <laughs> I watched Black Panther again this weekend. Never a bad thing. Winston Duke's really good in that movie. So good. He is so that, good. That first fight scene with him and uh, um, and uh, fucking. Uh, T'Challa, Chadwick Boseman, Chadwick Boseman. That's it. I couldn't get. I was like, see, it's see, it's not Colin. Why am I thinking Colin? It's definitely not Colin. It's Colin. We have watched Bob and listen. Oh, it's from the mountains. It's so good. He's so imposing. He's... And then you watch him in us, and he's just the most adorable man. Such ever. a dork. He then becomes like, it, a is, it is both uncomfortable and hilarious when he starts putting on a front <laughs> in the driveway where he's like, "You, you want, you if you want to get crazy, <laughs> then we'll get crazy." And you're just like, "It's upset." The commentary here is like so on point. It's, it's so upsetting that he's having to do that to come across as intimidating, but even that that is considered intimidating. Raise a sharp satire, raise a sharp satire. But at the same time, because we've got to know Gabe for the last twenty five minutes, just. it's kind of adorable to watch him try and play you off his tough. You are not a tough man, are you? And yet, like all that in Black Panther, he's frightening. Oh yeah, like he's frightening, and then he's like really sweet later on. <laughs> Get out and feed him to my children. <laughs> oh, we don't do that. We're vegetarians. We're vegetarians. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. I, are you done? <laughs> are you done? <laughs> uh, Winston Duke in more things, please. Yes, um, I agree and concur. No, what we were going to talk about this week, what we are going to talk about this week, mm. is on the back of this last weekend where we had... MCM, rivaling conventions. Rivaling yeah. conventions. We had MCM in Manchester and... Uh, LFCC in London, neither of which we went to. Yeah, because I am too too poor slash too employed to go, which is a bad combination. Employed. To go to uh, employed to go to uh, the con. I was around. I was at my shitty day job for it on Saturday, which is which was unfortunate because my shitty day job is pretty much a street away from Manchester Central. <laughs> so um, yeah. We can say that because within two weeks, like no one can stop you to find you. You'll be gone. Um, um, it's yeah. It's. I mean, we'll get into we'll get into convention memories and we'll get into um, why I personally don't go anymore. Yeah. as well in a bit because I used to attend. And why a lot. I've anyone who's been to my house knows or watched my Instagram story and I've been in my hallway knows that there is a wall. Yeah, of like autograph and prints and con photos up against one wall. I have not attended a con. Since 2015, and I'll get into and that like, in a bit. And, like, I'm a convention guy in theory. Yeah. But in practice, oh. not so much. Oh, God, yeah. One of my, like, one of my favourite convention memories ever was was my first, um... Uh, what's it? Uh, LSCC. I think I've been to maybe Which was five. with you and Charlie. Went yeah. to London Super Comic Con in 2011, I want to say. Um, it was 2011, yeah. Yeah, Twisted Dark. Um, mm-hmm. Dan Slot was there, but this is before like we sort of knew him and no. talked to him. He was, um, at, he was at the one the year after as well, which I went to, and I got um, Amazing 700 and Superior 1 signed. Dude, 
That's awesome. I just, ooh, that's really cool because I, I got um, Superior 1 and Amazing number 1 All New All Different okay. signed. So we've sort of got like the nice. significant ones in a row there. That's quite nice. cool. Um, bless him. And I got a personalised version of Sword of Surfer 11 because uh, he was naughty and when we were doing um, 9 is 10 stuff he showed me like sort of the 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 storyboard version of it because he really wanted to tell somebody but he wasn't allowed to tell the audience. He was like, I love it. You're not going to tell anyone, are you? I was like, no. He's like, thanks for it. Okay, yeah, here I we go. It. And he just showed it to me. I was like, oh, it's great. So then I bought it when it came out, read it, loved it, and went to meet him at LFCC 2015. Yes. And when, but to give him a gift and to thank him for doing the 90s 10 podcast. And then when I was there, I was like, is there any chance we can get this signed? He was like, absolutely. So that's, you've um, seen that. That's framed on the stairwell. Absolutely. It's just got like a message on the front. Yes. So. It's a beautiful piece. Um, I always prefer to get stuff personalised when it's signed because then it is actually yours, isn't it? Like it's yeah. Your, I get it for timing sometimes, which is case, you know, just sign, sign, sign. But there is something kind of nicer about it, knowing that it's just your bag. Like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yes. Um, but yeah, this past weekend, as we said, MCM Comic Con was going on. The the the, the con that uh, happens in Birmingham and in London and stuff. But this was the Manchester one, which is now sort of happening... Usually on the same weekend during the summer as London Film and Comic Con, LFCC, which is the big one from the company Showmasters. Uh, there's various reasons for this that are circulating. They've never been sort of announced officially, but there's always rumours and whatnot that it's down to certain guests being displeased with the LFCC experience. Yeah. The cost of LFCC, LFCC getting egregious and hard to do. Like, you know, it's an expensive thing to get the tickets and then even to get like one autograph nowadays, like the prices have gone up so much. That it's it's a very expensive day out, like a very expensive. Well, day that's out. that's one of the biggest things that's put me off. Oh, mm. That put me off cons in recent years when I've not had as much money. When I had more money and when I was doing better, then I would it would be more fun. But like you've but, got to, not only have you got to pay for the tickets and getting in, but then you've got to pay for everything in there. Well, even the rental for stalls and stuff. Like part of the reason why I still enjoyed going to them even when I wasn't autograph hunting was. Um, the stalls, like looking for bargains or looking for cool toys and cool books for, you know, relatively reasonable prices. It was about going to a place and yeah. be like, oh shit, I can get like 20 issues that I don't have from that run of that book. And oh, like, so what, it come to about 25 quid. What, oh, you'll do it for 20. Oh my God, that's amazing. Thank you so mm. much. Brilliant. Yeah, back when, back like, when I was collecting floppies, I got a, the most of, most of Grant Morrison's new X-Men running floppies for from LSCC. Oh, LFCC over the last few years is always I think now it's settled in at the Olympia site yeah but it it sometimes used the main Earls Court site a few times and, well when we and, went to LFCC yeah, that was, was a, in there I think that was in um, uh, LFCC was in Excel yeah Excel it took up one one of the because the Excel's yeah. got like three big units for convention centres doesn't it, it so that was the, the two I went to were there and like that sort of stuff was cool I bought the last time I went to the one in Earls Court Centre I bought the entire uh, apart from two books that I already had, JMS Spidey Rum in the UK paperbacks. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. was so happy because I was like, yay, I filled in the gaps. I yeah. can finally read these books that are in a box in the loft at my mum's in UK reprints already. <laughs> um, I can now read them like in a concise little pile that only takes up a certain amount of space on a shelf. This is great. <laughs> um, and I've recently reread them and I fucking love them. And that, that JMS one is And then there's one more day. But, um, and original sin. Yeah, it's not original not since past. Uh, since past, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, since past. Oh, oh. oh. no, Jack, <laughs> you're me, no like. Well, at least it's retcon. Oh, wait, no. No, no. Gabe comes back mm. in uh, freaking in, uh, American Sun. 
Oh, like, American uh, Son happened, didn't it? Mm. He comes back in American Son and the Harry Osborn uh, tie-in, the Osborn legacy tie-in, where everyone's yeah. at the same time, um, confirming that those kids still exist. Cool. Ooh. Anywho, um, cool. for various reasons, they've sort of become rival cons, but as a result, that means that guests have places to choose from. Now, the Manchester one is steadily growing. This year, it got some quite big takes, like Sean Gunn uh, and Michael Rooker were there. So, if you're a Guardians fan, yeah. hey, you've got Standing Rocket slash Craglin and Yondu at the Manchester Convention. Plus, I know in, in other work, they're also like Sean Gunn's <laughs> big in Gilmore Girls, mm-hmm, yeah, uh, Michael Rooker's Walking Dead, bunch of James Gunn projects, and being Michael Rooker. Yeah, um, <laughs> he's Mary Poppins, y'all. He is. <laughs> uh, we also had Northern Northern Troy Baker. Yes, which is the one reason why I was sad I couldn't go at any point because, like, yeah, had I known that a couple months ago, I would have been like, right, I'm definitely going to go that day. I'll buy a ticket now. I'll get a ticket to their thing, two and my... then I'll leave and be really happy. And be like, hey, I'm at freaking Nathan and Sam Drake. Two I'm of happy. my absolute favorite generic white dudes in video games. God, they're so good. And they, are, they are they are the most common <laughs> they're generic so white dude generic in white dude, but I do like them. Nolan's my favorite um, Deadpool as well. Like his performance yeah. as Deadpool. Forget the game because the game could be all encompassing. But Hulk versus when yeah. when he first played him, like that is that was so cool because that was like the first time we ever saw animated Deadpool ever, aside from one cameo in the background of the scene in the X Men animated series. Yeah. So it was like, oh my god, that's really cool. This is what he could sound like. Hey Logan, it's me. I shot you. She's <laughs> like fading out of consciousness before he wakes back up in the lab. It's great. Um. And Troy Baker's one of my favourite Jokers as well. Uh, oh, yeah. I present to you the death of the Batman. See, Troy, Troy Baker for me, when I think of Troy Baker, I think of Last of Us. Yeah, Joel, of course, yeah. See? Big names. Yeah. Big names, son. But yeah. LFCC is still the big UK convention and as such brings in Hollywood stars, big stars of American and British television, anime, voiceover people, artists, writers... Sometimes producers have just like significant franchises come over and do panels and I stuff. I dare like, say it, the majority of the various photos you've got up of uh, photo ops and autograph signings are LFCC, LFCC related. Absolutely. And that was because 2008, 2009, I think it was my first couple. Yeah. A lot more doable. Like I, I did not have money to spend at that point. No. But I could still afford to save up for an entry ticket and a couple of photo shoots or a couple of autographs and photo shoots over the years. Um... And also, back then, they wouldn't be as... Do you know what? Let's get into the reasons why I don't enjoy them as much now. Sod it. Yeah, let's do uh, it. <clears throat> crowds cost. Uh, crowds. Certain limited number of people are allowed in in terms of pre-sales. But then on the day, inevitably, they open it up to another few thousand people. Making those venues hot and gross and uncomfortable immediately. They don't have aircon. They're not giving out free water or even erecting like water stands or stalls. That, see, they're convention seems... centres. They've got the usual like one or two sandwich shop slash bar setups, and that's it. Which will always overcharge like Billio. They don't let you bring drink in because it's a security hazard. Fuck off with that. You have to buy drink in there. Uh, what it we what we though. tended to do, we used to go down with uh, we call ourselves the nerd herd like after the, the the sort of you know the word from Chuck like the name for the group. Um, it was my friend Adam and his dad Neil. who was he's a massive con goer. He loves it, so he would be like, right, everyone chuck in a tenner. I'm gonna rent like a four before or a minivan, and we're all gonna go down. And there'd be like six of us each time, like some from their family and friends. Me and Lou, or like, and, and oh, me and my friend Jordan went down like one time, and run Danny and stuff. 
and <clears throat> have a great time and, and, you know, have a laugh. Because you get there, you get in, we'd have a picnic slash cooler in the van. So about halfway through the day, at about sort of 1pm, we'd meet up at the front area. Mm. We'd go out, get stamps on our hands, go out, go downstairs, have a picnic, have a chat about what we've all been up to that morning, and then head back up for another couple of hours. It was a perfect way to do it. Like, there we go. Um, <clears throat> now you won't be able to do it, because they'd be like, why are you loitering in the car park? Like, oh, for God's sake. Thanks. Because we don't want to spend £4 on a cold churro. <laughs> just who wants there. a cold churro, free or made? <clears throat> who, yeah, who wants a churro? Full stop. Ah. Um, but it'd be great, because like, you... You'd spare it out, so you go, right, I'm going to give myself £70 spending money. Like, £70 is what I'm going to spend, that I'm going to take with me to that day. Mm. What's that going to get me? Probably a couple of autographs from not necessarily the headliner, or a couple of photos from not necessarily the headliner, or one for autograph slash photo with a headliner. Yeah. And I'd buy some sweet stuff, like some sweet merch, comics or a couple of toys or whatever, something I could take home and be like, holy shit, I got that from that con, that was really cool. Yeah. Now... You're looking at, like... Well, 2015, all right? 2015 was a Back to the Future year. And that's Lucy's favourite movie. Uh, well, actually, no. I think recently it's become Ghostbusters. Nearly every day she's like, oh, I'm in a shit mood. Should we watch Ghostbusters? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God! <laughs> yes, please. Um, but uh, I'm like, I knew I married you for a reason. Um, so, but Back to the Future is one of her favourite movies. In 2015, they had, like, a bunch of people from Back to the Future doing panel, doing a talk, doing photo shoots. Um, including Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox. Yes. To get a photo shoot with those guys, and this isn't necessarily down to the artist, because that, that argument always comes up when someone who's never done a con before does it, and people go, that's how much they're charging? It's not necessarily down to them. It's down to their management, but it's also mm, yeah. primarily down to the show organisers and the company behind the convention, because they pick a certain price so that they can take a certain cut and make a certain profit. Um, either because it's agreed in the artist contract or because they're like, oh, well, if we do that, we had a couple more hundred here and there, we'll make a few more grand. Great, we'll do yes. that. Yes. Um, photo shoot Michael J. Fox was like £65. Now, shit a brick. Like, that'd be great in a way because it's still kind of cool because he doesn't do UK cons. Like, and it's, you know, it's a big ask of the guy to do it in the first place. Like, you know, he's he's got Parkinson's, he's... Like, he's mostly an activist and running, you know, charity and stuff nowadays, like, acting on the side. So to take time out, to come over to the UK and do, like, two days of a convention. I think he was only doing the Saturday, actually. Mm. To the Saturday, like, that's that's him. He's got a monster his medication. He's got, obviously, to take a certain amount of breaks. And he was on fire in the talks and stuff. Like, I saw footage afterwards. Lucy went to see it live. Like, it was great. Like, spitting anecdotes. It was amazing. This is really fun. But for those photo shoots, spend £65 to the way that they're done now because they try and cram as many people in as possible. Spend £65 on that. She sort of got to sort of be with him for about a second and then was immediately ushered out. And he tried his best to be like, hi, nice to meet you. Like, how are you doing? Oh, right. okay, bye. Thanks for coming. Like, he tried his best to obviously be like that with everybody. But you do kind of feel cheated a little bit from that side of things. Yeah. Where you come out yeah, and you go, yeah. oh, was that, was that it? Was that it? That's really weird. Like, you're not, you know you're not paying to have a freaking sit-down meal with him and a chat. But you at least kind of want to have a moment... Of eye contact. And if, say, like, it's something you're a big fan of and you're a really big fan of their work or something, or whatever, you really want to just go, hey, I absolutely love you. Thank you so much for doing this. Or, hi, how you doing? Like, if you get a bit nervous or whatever, you want to have that, that just a couple seconds. But the way that they organise it, they're like, right, and you go, okay, thanks very much. Oh, and the staff kind of get you in and out as soon as possible, depriving you of that very brief moment that kind of makes it a special moment. And that's got to be exhausting for the guests as absolutely. well. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, because that's another thing. There's a preset amount of... This is how it used to work. There's a preset amount 
of spaces to have photos done. With yeah, the big yeah, yeah. And they would say, say there was like, they're going to do 500 photos. They'd put like 300 up on the website for pre-order. And then on the con day, they'd open up 200 first come, first serve thing. If you go to like the information desk and you book it there. Yeah. So to give people a chance who were there on the day, but like be mindful, you've got to do it at the start of the day and get it done to make sure that it's booked. Yeah. Or you pre-order and, and you make sure you do it like ticket master styly. But what they'll do now is they will let people in having sold 500 slots and then on the day they'll open up like another 200 or 300 for that individual. And I'd love that to is... I'd love to take these actors and stuff aside and be like, were you told? Because obviously they're going to make a certain amount of money as well, mm. additional. But like you said, it's exhausting for them. That's insane. Which is what has led to this being the topic this week. Because... One of the guests on Saturday at LFCC, just gone, was Jenna Coleman, who's an actor who's you know, known for like Victoria and, and freaking... Um, which, oh God, which one of the soaps was she on? Oh, I'm not sure. Was she Emmerdale? Possibly. Possibly, I can't remember. But like, she's sort of known within our sort of world as Clara from Doctor Who. She did a voice role in Xenoblade Chronicles for the Wii. Did she? Yeah. Was she good? I uh, no idea. I don't think I've met her character yet. Okay, fair enough. Maybe she was that good. You don't I've, know I've you've met her character played yet. a lot of that game. No idea if I've met her character in it. I ask was she good because like, so many TV actors don't translate to voice acting well. I mean, the voice acting generally in that game so far has been good. So You want to go with Doctor Who? Matt Smith is not a good voice actor. Karen Gillan is a good voice actor. So when you play like the DS game and the Wii game and stuff... It, it's really weird because it's like he's not quite right and she's great and it's like this is weird um yeah he's a phenomenal actor so you know it goes to show different skill sets um jenna coleman did photo shoot on saturday and sunday jenna coleman did way more photos than apparently was scheduled jenna coleman is a human being a human being can only take so much don't I know it, but sunshine. Some folks love to see red. Complained on Twitter. <laughs> specifically one tweet that was mocked to high heaven. I won't say the name because I'm not encouraging people to go and find him and bully him. But basically saying like, she didn't look me in the eye. She didn't say hi or have a nice day. I feel disgusted that I paid money for this. And there was a noticeable trend in the photos. Like people were sort of gently mocking it at first. The photos on Saturday... Who've been put online of her photo shoot, her first photo shoot of the day, what have you? She looks kind of disinterested, or like she's not quite there. If that yeah. makes any sense. Now that can be weird because, of course, if if originally these these shoots, you get to go in with somebody and you have a photo, and you'd have that moment. I remember two thousand nine. I was at the Comic Con of Milton Keynes. I got a photo with Nathan Fillion. Mm-hmm. We had a chat for two minutes, like you weren't being rushed along obviously there was like they were keeping to time they were like right come on we need to get going thanks so much Listen, uh, like the staff were like that but yeah. they weren't going right yeah, thank, right, off you go thanks yeah, like, they just take a moment yeah. and if the guest was having a moment like a bit of convo sparked mm. they just sort of let them have it mm-hmm. and then obviously if they were getting to a point where like right we're going to run over they said oh, you're okay to wrap it up I had a lovely little chat with Nathan Villian. We, if I remember correctly, we talked about whatever T-shirt I was wearing. He thought it was really cool. I can't remember which T-shirt it was off the top of my head, but he was just like, where'd you get that? And I was like, oh, I was in the same And I walked away going, holy shit, I just had a little moment with Mal. 
that makes me really fucking happy. Do you know what I mean? Like, and for about a week afterwards, I was beaming. Mm-hmm. And also, it only cost me like 30 quid for this photo, which is like cheap compared to a lot of them now. Yeah. Um, but it was like, that's really cool. Um, but th- those moments are enough to sort of, you know, you can have brief ones. Like, I did a photo shoot uh, in 2014 or 2015 with Paul McGann, where they had the 8th Doctor's TARDIS console put up, and people come in. And they were kind of keeping it pacey, but Paul had obviously sort of. He'd taken charge of it over the photographer, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So he was going, oh, oh, let, right, let's, let's, let, Da Vinci, go over here, let's do this pose, Da Vinci. He is the real Paul McGann. He's the real Paul McGann. He said, like, you know, let's do this pose. Oh, you stand like this. And I was like, okay, there we go. And he was like, great, thank you so much. And you just sort of shake your hand, take a moment to thank you, and then off you go. Yeah. Like, those moments do make it really special. So the fact that that wasn't happening with Jenna and her fans, I can understand why people were irked. I get it. You're kind of like, oh, I've just spent 50 quid. And she's not even sort of looked at me. That's weird. Now, that is from the point of view of the commercial exchange of money for a service. In this case, getting a photo and having that moment just to say hi to someone that you maybe admire, someone, you know, you you like their work or the character, or or somebody you absolutely adore. Like, I get it. I get the complaint. Something I've always felt a bit weird about is paying to meet someone. That's the thing, isn't it? When you're doing the autographs, for example, it feels slightly less weird because what you are actually paying for, or at least used to be based on the rates, was the item. The way they did it was you couldn't get your own thing signed. Sometimes they'd waver it a little where it'd be like, you could get your own thing signed for a fiver, but for a tenner, you'd take a print and that print would be signed. So what you're essentially doing is like, you're paying for the print you're paying more money for a print than you would normally, but you get it because the print you're buying gets you an autograph. Yeah. So it's like, okay, that's fine. The photo shoots, I kind of get in a way. Like, I mean, I've done a few over the years. I get in a way, but it's because my earlier memories of the con was more that that photo shoot kind of bought you a moment to have a little chat. Yeah. Which is nice if it's someone you admire a lot because you get to go, hey, just so you know, like, I absolutely love such and such a thing that you did. Thank you for that. I really enjoyed it. Like, it's kind of, it, was, it was a way to just sort of directly have a moment with somebody you really admired and let them know or, you know, or ask them a quick question or whatever. And, and the photo was kind of like a, a souvenir. So I get, I get what you mean. It's kind of, you know, it's a bit weird, paying to meet them, but at the same time, like, it's a controlled environment where they presumably are in a mindset where they're ready to have that conversation or that moment with you. You're not catching them unawares. You're not this, that, and the other. Like I've, like through my CBBC work, I've done a few events where I've like had signings as part of it, where I've signed autographs and stuff, or, or taken photos with kids. And I've not taken a cut because it's the BBC. Um, but <laughs> that's how it works. But like, I'm more than happy to do it. But it is cool to do it in a controlled environment, almost because you know that you're all cool, and you 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 get in your mindset. You're like, right, people are coming here to say hello and get an autograph and ask a question, or whatever. Like. I'm there for that. I'm switched on. Boom. Let's do this. Like I'm gonna make. I'm gonna try and make everybody who has a quick chat with me leave feeling really happy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like in that instance, and that's because there's no money exchanged. So that's the kick I get out of it. Because I'm like, I want to make everyone make sure they're having a nice time. I'm not getting paid for this. Yeah, exactly. But like, but when you are getting paid, there's almost like a, an unwritten, even further obligation of maybe make it worth the while the people who've paid. Mm. Now that being said, I go back to my original point. Jenna is a human being. If a human being is having a shitty day 
a really shitty day, it's tough to put that off. It's tough to disguise that. Like, maybe just before the shoot started, like, just before it started, a showmaster's organiser was like, right, so we said it was 200, it's actually going to be 500 in this morning? Okay, go. That's that, fucking that would, rough. Yeah. Now, counter-argument, because some people are going to be thinking it. She's a performer, she's an actor, like, surely she can protect... Yeah, she can. But again, human. Not on a stage. She's not at work, per se. It's it's like a... Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a weird yeah. thing, isn't it? It's Because it, it, it's not... There's a, level, why... there's a level of performance that I think makes it more enjoyable for the participant and the guests. And I think this is why it's always struck me as slightly odd. Mm. Is because I... They're not getting... They're not getting paid to perform. You're not, you're not paying for someone to perform. You're kind of paying them to be themselves, but then you're also paying them to do a performative version of themselves. It's why the whole meet and greet thing has just never really been my bag. I get it. Um, like, is your is your is your preferred idea like say sort of a writer or whatever like going to a signing, asking, I'll make it out to whatever, and you just talk, talk to them for a moment. Yeah, like, yeah, kind of. Absolutely, freaking love the last one. Can't wait to read this one. Thanks yeah. very much. Because part of the part of the thing for me, part of the appeal of it for me when I first started going, was the the thought of being able to just sort of have that mo to tell somebody I really admired that I admired their stuff. Because mm. like you know we we are for lack of a less wanky term like we're artists we you know it, it's cool when you find out someone really likes what you're doing. Yeah, you sort of go, oh my god, that's great, thank you so much. And it's not a vanity thing. I don't think we'd do a convention to go along and be like, shower us with praise. But it's just nice to get that direct feedback in a way that you don't get through analytics or through audience like survey. Like it's nice to get feedback Listen, directly from someone I'm, saying, "I'm only human. I like my ego being stroked." Yeah. Well, last year at Warp, a few people came up to speak to me. Like I was there with the Five Who fans. We were just like titting around. A few people came up to speak to me, and at least three of them were like, "I listened to Big Damn Cast, by the way. I absolutely love it." And I was like, "Oh shit." And I got a rush that I'd never felt before because I'd never really bumped into someone out in the world who took a moment to say, I love your podcast. I'd never bumped into a listener out in the world. It's but that's, got... because, that's because I make... Cocoons and hide in them. <laughs> I, I make efforts to not bump into anyone out, of the wor- out in the world. You, you walk around in a bubble, like uh, like the prisoner. I don't actually look like it. <laughs> he doesn't walk around that in a bubble. That was a timely reference for our young audience. Listen, he gets chased by a bubble. Yeah, there you go. You've Rover. probably seen it parodied in a weather balloon. Yeah, and Family Guy. And... The best one. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Uh, this is the original Prisoner, not the Jim Caviezel Remember when they uh, re- remade. Prisoner with Jim Caviezel and Ian McKellen? And it was, and it was an ITV series. I think it was like two seasons, wasn't there? No, nah, they only did one. Did they just do the one? I had a feeling they just snuck out a second for some reason. Fucking rubbish. It wasn't great. He only um, did one season. The original Prisoner only got 17 episodes. And maybe that's why. One and done. Drop the mic. I think Patrick McGowan wanted to do less. <laughs> I think he was like pioneering that whole idea of like a, a self-contained <laughs> miniseries that is so common now. Mm. Was what he wanted to do with the prisoner in the late sixties. Like, no, make some more. He was like, do I have to? Do I have to make that many? Do I have to? Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Damn it. Um, I just sounded like the freaking guy from It's a Wonderful Life. I want to live again. Never tell you the story about. So there's a song on I Mean Number the Beast album called The Prisoner. Yeah. And it opens with a bit from the start of the Prisoner episodes. The, I'm not a number, I'm a prisoner. It opens with that. Yeah. But of course, they had to call Patrick McEwen to get the, light, the the rights for it. Yeah. Permission. So Rod Smallwood, the I mean, mind you, calls him up as the convert explains it. 
And the way he tells it is that Patrick McGoohan's on the other end of the phone. He's like, <laughs> a rock band, you say? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, do it. Puts the phone down. It's like, oh, the next question was going to be, like, how much of a cut does he want? Yeah. Or, like, what pay? No, I guess no. we just do okay, it. Okay, do it. And then, but then also, <laughs> they asked they asked Frank Herbert, they wrote a song based on June. Yes, yeah. For the next album, they asked Frank Herbert if they could call it June. And he was like, fuck you, I hate heavy metal bands. I was like, oh. And he's like, all right. I guess we'll just call Cheers, it e- Enud. <laughs> it ended up being called to Tamerland. Oh, for fair enough. For fair enough. What? Tableland for fair enough. Yeah, but that was a, that was a digression. Patrick McGinn, the prisoner. I'm a fan. Bubbles. What the fuck were we talking about? Jenna Coleman. Jenna Coleman. So I get I get why people would be upset. I don't. I completely disagree with that specific reaction that has been mocked and referenced by everybody though, because hmm. it's like screw you. Now the thing is, it it got debates and arguments and all sorts of stuff going on online. Wait, are you saying people got into arguments on Twitter over a woman? <laughs> And a behaviour. Over a what? Over, over, over a woman and a behaviour <laughs> perceived or otherwise. Now, <laughs> I think part of the, the, the big reaction comes from the fact that Clara is a very polarising character. Like, we are no... We are not remotely shy about little... complaining about that character on this podcast. We've complained about that character a lot on this podcast. I think it's a little presumptuous to call Clara a character. Hey! hey! But, like, you know, I, I get it. Like, weird stuff happens. A uh, friend of mine made a joke about a cardboard cutout of Clara that's smiling, and he posted a photo of him next to the cardboard cutout, and he said, "There, she's smiling. It didn't cost me a penny." And it was very clear that his joke was coming more from the point of view of mocking the people who apparently just wanted her to smile. I spent X number of pounds to meet this woman. I don't know, and she didn't smile. Like, yeah, I like that. Like... His, his joke was coming from that angle. And so many people misinterpreted it as like, she didn't owe you anything. He's like, no, you don't get it. I didn't get a photo with her. Like, why are you having to go? Yeah. What are you talking about? I'm taking the piss out of the people who are complaining about the... But also, oh my like, God. It just, there was so much unnecessary... But that is the thing. It's like, she doesn't owe you anything. That's why mm. I don't like this transactional nature of meet and greets. Precise imundo. Um But it just, it just opened up this chasm of nonsense. To make matters worse... And I don't think I've mentioned this to you yet. <laughs> oh, and I think I gave you the basics, but I didn't tell you what the quotes were. Um, to make matters worse, it apparently, and this is all alleged, like, we don't know exactly, I wasn't there, I'm going off of what's been going on online. But apparently, it happened because earlier in the day, a fan made some heavily suggestive sexual comments towards her. Like, to her face. And that, understandably, would make her feel very uncomfortable. Like, Jenna Coleman has apparently talked in interviews about having anxiety. So, it's entirely plausible yeah. that she is able to do these photo shoots and everything and get through it quite easily and comfortably if she's in the right frame of mind to do it. But imagine if you, dear listener, you. psyched yourself up to do something, like, re- you know, really, really big. Like, say you were about to talk to the class, right? In front of a, do a speech in front of a class. And it's not your thing and you get nervous, but... You chat with everybody for a little bit before it starts. Everyone's really nice. You get on okay. And you, in your head, you're like, do you know what? Okay. I think I can do this. Like, I feel comfortable with these people. I'm going to do it. And then just before you got up, like, an ex who you had a bit of breakup with just walked into the room and sat on the front row. Suddenly, you'd be like, oh, I feel a bit weird now. 
I feel really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck. Like, that frame of mind, that, that pumped up place you got yourself to, mm-hmm. is gone. Um, it only takes a little thing. I, I, you know, as someone who's, who who deals with anxiety on a, on a fairly regular basis, hmm. um, on, a, on a, essentially a daily basis when I'm at my shitty day job. Um, I, it, I'll live two more weeks. Yes. It, it, then you can be like me and have social anxiety at home. Whee! <laughs> the roller coaster never ends. <laughs> but um, like, but even with, even with you know the amount of medication and the therapy I've had and stuff, and you know, and I might imagine generally, general, 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 doesn't go by that anymore. Um, unless you're retro. Yeah, unless you're very retro. Um, I imagine she's yeah, you know had the same sort of. But, like, so but had the same sort of coping mechanisms yeah. and, and things, like that. but like. It does really does not take much to knock you off your game. Oh god, no! If you get even if you get to a really good place, all it takes is one little. It's a balancing act. Yeah, one little slip up, and all the spinning plates just fall down. Yeah, and you and it's really hard to pull yourself back up from that. And if you don't have the, you know, those moments to just like rest. Oh god, like that might then, that might have been all she needed. Just oh, like just a, take a I, minute. Can I have five minutes and just take five minutes to just. Sort of, gather herself a bit and go back in. Mm. But based on how these things go, oh, let's add another 200, 300 people last minute. Like, probably not an option. For probably breaching contract. Probably, because we don't know what the contracts are like, which is why I'd love to talk to somebody who refuses to go to these cons now. I'd love to talk to a guest who has just downright gone, I'm never going to their cons again. Because I'd love to know what the contracts are like. Um, like how tight they must be. I'm going to take a little... these artists to go like, okay, like I'm going to... I'm going to have to go with this extra. I'm going to take a little Google dive shoes. while we're talking and see if I can find any. Have a little gandhi. Because uh, a, a common contract that I am aware of is that an artist, for example, say one coming from the States, like someone who's making the travel, their agency might turn around to showmasters, for example, and say, right, mm. my client will do this for a buyout fee of like $20,000. Yeah, so like yeah. what? Like £18,000. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and um, not to be sniffed at at all for two days' work. Like, not to be sniffed at. And nine times out of ten, they'll say, and you guys have got to pay for the travel to and from there and accommodation. Yeah? Yeah. So you're looking at, like, 19 grand of of um, minimum that the convention has promised to make for that guest. Yeah? So to do that, regardless of how the sales go, showmasters have to pay that guest 19 grand. The way they make that money is by rent, like cranking the rent up on the stores, which is another reason why I stopped going, because those stores, the comic book shops, the memorabilia shops, the craft shops, the artists, over time, so many of them stopped going because they couldn't afford the table space. Yeah. Based on the venue, I think they've lowered it a little bit now, made it a bit more accessible, but also they've got multiple floors now, so that might be part of it too. But... Like, it was getting expensive to do that. But they'll hike those prices up because then that will go back into their money pot to help pay for the guests. Now, say, like, you've got... Say you've got someone from Game of Thrones. Let's say, for sake of arguments, make it up. Say you've got Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark is based in the UK. I'm she, actually, I think she might be based in the state. No, she's based in the UK, so yeah. isn't she? She's based in the UK, and she might say, right, I'll do it for 15 grand. Yeah. Like, I'll do Saturday and Sunday, and I want a minimum of 15 grand for my trouble. Or her agent says it, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So... They've got to make 15 grand. Now, what is 15,000 divided by two? That'd be 
7,500, right? Mm-hmm. So if they were to guarantee uh, 7,500 um, like things, photo shoot or autograph, being sold at two quid each, for obviously, then that would be the cover for her. So they obviously don't do it like that. It's like lesser. So everything for her is like 30 quid, 40 quid, 50 quid minimum. And they will sell a requisite number to get to a minimum of 19 grand. Did we say 19 grand? Mm. Yeah, fuck it. So 19 yeah, you said 19. Um, no, it's 15. We're having a moment. 19 was from the previous oh, no, not, Yeah, yeah. 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 When, when so so, so, so they, yeah, they yeah, get yeah. it to the equivalent of, of 15 grand, right? But then showmasters don't make a profit. If they want to make a profit, they want to get it to say like, I don't know, 20 grand, for example. So they yeah. need an additional five grand on what she's going to make from her stuff. Um, that will cover the cost of her stall and arrangement and presumably like some of the staff that are looking after her and also then go back into their kitty. So they will sell the requisite amount to make 20 grand from her alone. 15 of which will go to Amelia Clark, 20 grand, uh, five grand to themselves. But why stop at five grand profit? We can add like a few hundred more in. Make six, seven grand. Do you know what? We'll add we'll like 500 more in. Okay, we'll do it. So the artist, presumably, unless they've put a minimal cap of stuff they're going to do in their contract, um, they have to go along with it because they're getting what they've agreed to. Yeah. And as long as they're making that amount of money, then that's their only contractual obligation that they have to fulfill. Um, sorry, that they that they that they have to receive. That's the only thing they're going to receive that they asked for, and they've got it. And it's great. It's all a money game, which is why the exchange of money has overtaken yeah. the actual joy of fandom that comes from conventions initially. Yeah, the idea of meeting people you like and and all going to panels. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, for example, would you find it less weird if, say, like, pick a show that you love? What, what kind of show? Any show. Convention show or non-convention show. It doesn't matter, really. You could say Corey for all I can. Oh, right. Like a TV show. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. TV show. Uh, uh, X-Files. Right, okay. So, um, David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson, right? Yeah. Now, if they did a thing where it was like, if you paid 70 quid. Yeah. And what cheap you... by Showmaster standards. I know, but this is the hypothetical. Yeah. If it was 70 quid and what you got for that 70 quid was you got a photo shoot with them both. You got a signed item from them both, and you were one of like three hundred people who would be able to attend a panel for them for that weekend. That's a pretty cool price for that, right? Like you kind of get in a, you get a mix bad, of things. Like you get a cool little pick with the two of them. So you'd be like, "Oh shit, I got a photo of Mulder and Scully." You got their autograph, and you got to watch like a forty-five minute panel and maybe ask a question yourself or whatever and stuff. Like that is at least kind of an experience, isn't yeah. it? There's more to it than just paying to have a photo with them and stuff like yeah. there's more going on that that kind of thing is impossible now the minimum charge if that existed showmasters or other similar companies would charge like upwards of 200 quid for just the panel and a photo yeah like that's where we're at now so i completely understand why jenna would let something get to her she yeah. is a human being um does it suck for the fo- the fans who had photos afterwards who now to this day have a photo where either they're like, oh, she seems sad. Because it could just be a human empathy thing. They're like, oh, it was weird. Like, this photo, in this photo, she seems really sad. 
and she didn't really say anything. I hope she's okay. Which does kind of almost taint the memory of that meeting, especially if it's a really big deal to meet her for that individual. But I'd rather them feel like that and have empathy than act like a twat like some people did yeah. and make a big complaint. I also want to take this moment to say all the people on Twitter who are Jenna Coleman quote-unquote stands or Clara stands who attacked anyone who had an opinion on it regardless of where it was, get a life. Anyway, <laughs> you might That's have a life. life. You might have a life. And I don't know about your personal story. Do you though? But seriously, calm the fuck down. Calm the fuck down. Your white knighting for her is not going to get you a seat at her freaking like breakfast bar having a coffee with her in the morning it's not gonna happen mm. it's great that you're standing up for her but don't stand up for her by just attacking anyone who's mentioned her never mind whatever they're saying yeah that's ridiculous calm the fuck down fandom sucks i say that as a co-host of a pop culture podcast about genre fiction we are the fandom sucks, and it got me to thinking young man yeah what are people's worst convention memories because holy shite like i've had some bad times and i'm sure others have bad times at the l lfcc indeed he too so i reached um, out to twitter through our big damn twitter the big damn twitter the big tony danza at big damn cast yeah. on twitter yeah. and i asked some lovely folk and i was like right what bad experiences have you had uh, friend of the show, Basil. Basil is amazing. I'm just going to plug Basil's artwork right now, okay? If you want oh, some really yeah, cool, yeah, lovely yeah. artwork, I'm going to do it. If you want some really cool artwork, look up Fop Doodles Art. That's F-O-P Doodles, D-O-O-D-L-E-S, Art on Twitter, right? He's amazing. If you were at LFCC this past weekend and saw a ridiculously convincing looking Aziraphale, that was Basil. Um, so, I mean, there's probably quite a few, but Basil's was on point. Yeah. So... The, the Good Omens cosplay from Basil on Twitter since the show aired has uh, been uh, super strong. Basil and his fella dressed yeah. as Crowley. Holy shit, they look yeah. amazing. Amazing so, stuff. Check them always, out, always a Twitter feed highlight. Uh, but Basil said, at my first ever, this was me saying like what bad convention experiences people had. Uh, Basil's an artist, that's why I plugged the Twitter because I want you to go see it and buy some stuff. I've got a drawing somewhere, I think it was on, I think it might still be on the fridge. The fridge is covered in stuff at the minute. Yes. Uh, of uh, Dennis the Menace because I, I did Dennis for that show. With Hacker the Dog, um, the Basil Drew, which was amazing. And also, um, he did a print of uh, Peter Capaldi, which Lucy bought, and it's amazing. Um, as, as, as the 12th Doctor, not just like Peter Capaldi having a shit or something. <laughs> but I'm sure if you commissioned that. Um, Basil says, at my first ever event selling art, I was nervous and dealing with imposter syndrome. And a mother came up to my stall with her kid and loudly said... You could do better than this and walked away. Nice. So think about that. Someone's taking the time to bring their artwork to sell, which is already kind of a daunting thing. Like you're saying, like he's feeling imposter syndrome a bit. Like, don't. You're amazing. But like, that's already daunting enough. And to set up a stall and be like, I hope people like it. For a mum to just come up with a kid and just say something like that. Shitty. Shitty attitude. Again. Mm. They're a human. Maybe the mum was having a horrible day. But that mum was a twat. Sounds like everyone was having a horrible day. <laughs> Fucking then LFC, LFCC. A, a bloke came and took photos of my art because he, quote, liked it but didn't want to pay, unquote. Classy. Fucking hell. Fucking classy. Oh, God. 
Lance Patterson. Hello, Lance. Lance says, I've just done my very first con, which based on the photos were LFCC. Other than one shirty stall holder slash artist, all good for me, met many lovely folks, but felt sorry for the VIPs, crowded into the most restricted area of Olympia London, which was hot enough to melt a Dalek. Was quite worried about Ian McDermott. <laughs> he wasn't there. He was just generally worried about him. <laughs> no, there did everyone was like, oh my god, that, that Emperor cosplay is amazing. Oh no, it's just yeah. Ian McDermott sweating his balls off and shriveling into a wall. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well that's what I'm saying. Like they sort of they cram so many things in now to try and like make as much money as possible that even the big guests and stuff like will end up in areas where there's like no room to breathe. It's insane. They took some photos. Just... They took some photos of uh, of the con floor. Like that's not too crowded. That looks sort of like to the lobby. There's some oh, spaces, okay, yeah. but that as everyone bottlenecks yeah, into the pretty, stalls. It's the, it's the bottleneck, isn't it? Yeah, it's the fact that it's just it. It's there not being enough space around the areas that they reckon are going to be busy. Mm, it's and, nuts, and also things like oh, we've got we've sold this many places, but also now we're going to add another X number of people. It just it just. No, it doesn't sit right with me. By sheer wonderful coincidence, one of the photos they posted is of Basil. Yay! <laughs> Selling artwork. Fop Doodles art. Twitter, everybody. Go check it out. Very good, very good, very um, good. And then uh, burn it. <laughs> burn five it. Burn, burn five it. Burn it. Burn it. Burn it. Who appears to be a relatively new tweet here. Um, Do it. Has put... Uh, when I went to MCM Comic Con for the first time, my wallet got stolen. I vividly remember losing it at a specific stall where, standing next to me, there was a guy cosplaying as Altair from Assassin's Creed. Mm. I still suspect that I got robbed by Altair. <laughs> like, I know obviously you can look back at it and laugh, as we kind of did when we first read that tweet. It was like, that's quite funny. But it's not funny in the moment at no. all. But it is kind of humorous to think that an assassin nicked your wallet. Thing. Um, like, at least they licked your wallet and didn't stab you with a hidden blade concealed within their medieval garb. Yeah, that's... Um, uh... And at least at least you could have been robbed by Ezio. That would have been classier. No, that's, that is shitty. I'm really sorry that happened Oof. to you, man. Um, but, yeah, I mean, even that stuff, like, over the years, people, that, again, stories trade on online and stuff after the cons. People saying that, like, people have been pinching stuff and... Pinching stuff from the stalls, pinching stuff from other people. Yeah. You're like, that's gross. How can that happen? Well, it's very easy to do when the place is overcrowded to buggery. Yeah. Because not yeah, everyone can keep an eye on everyone. Whereas when it's slightly more, you know, mediated and stuff, like it used to be, uh, moderated even, you can see people. You can see folks and, you know, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> I'm here today to talk about Sprint. Like, <laughs> like it, that's the only thing that could improve conventions nowadays, is if Mark Hamill did a, a presentation on Sprint. Mm. And then at the end, like, what's your leg was damaged? Oh, you see, the thing about that is... Yeah. <laughs> it's still my favourite running away noise anyone's ever made, oh, I think. <laughs> Mark oh, Hamill and the Simpsons. Um... The reason why I wanted to highlight the solo shitty moments and stuff is in case there is anyone listening who has also had those kind of moments in conventions. Yeah. You're not alone. It does suck. 
Can things change? Maybe. I hear less horror stories about the MCM events in Manchester yeah. than I do about the Showmasters events in London. Um, Who runs LSCC? Uh, I think I think LSCC might be the same as MCM. Actually, it's confusing because it's LSCC. LSCC yeah, yeah. But I might be wrong. Um, then again, the difference is LSCC tends to have less film and TV connections, and, and it's more, more straight comic anime, books. manga, comic books, uh, animation. Which also means there's less money in it. There's not as much charging for autographs. Most of the people, most of the money people spend at that on meeting people is uh, sketch commissions from artists. Yeah, artists Ali. Oh Christ! The, 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 when I went with you and Charlie, like that first time I went to one, it was great because basically we rocked up. So we got we yeah. got some free samples. We bought some like discounted first issues of stuff like to try out. Yeah. I think that was the one where I bought like Twisted Dark Volumes One and Two. Yeah, I got two Twisted Dark Volume One stuff, which I really really like. Mm. <laughs> it, it's basically a Twilight Zone comic. It's yeah, great. It's good. Um, and in fact, I enjoyed that so much. The next time I went to a con, the same store was there, and they had a new edition called Twisted Light. So I bought that. So I was like, yeah, I want to buy yeah, another book by you guys. Twisted Light, I should do that. Um, that's the stuff I enjoy. That's the stuff I like. Uh, Showmasters have a history of their website, their forums, um, ignoring or sometimes deleting threads that are complaint threads. Yeah, I've been I've been searching the last ten minutes or so for like any stories of people who refuse to work with Showmasters or any people who've had bad experience with them and just not been able to find anything. It's an odd all. one. It's not an even, odd one. You've not even been able to find like people complaining about them. Yeah. Although I have seen an increase in prices, so for, for comparison, mm. in prices most um, so back in two thousand and four, which I think was the first year that Showmasters pre-announced autograph prices. Yeah, your autographs were all fifteen or twenty quid. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Last year, Christopher Elkelson was charging eighty-five and ninety-five. Yeah. Well, let me reiterate. Showmasters well, yeah, was yeah. charging eighty-five for, and ninety-five, and then Matt for Smith Christopher Elkelson autographs, seventy-five, eighty-five. Yeah. So autographs in fucking autographs. No, these are photos. Sorry, even more, even worse. Like especially because, and I'll say it again, you won't even get that two, three seconds minimum to say hi unless they sort of take charge and do it. It's just, it's been really nice to see Chris Eccleston like embrace fandom through his two con appearances now. Yeah, I feel like he was. That's really cool. Hesitant. Yeah, like he he appreciated the show and he's proud of what he did. And contrary to popular belief. If you asked him about it, he would happily chat about it. But he was never like one to dive into the world of fandom. And then he's done two LFCCs now, and at both of them, there's lovely stories. I'm like, there's one from this year. An, ar- an artist did a portrait of him of the Ninth Doctor. They were doing like various Doctor Who pieces. Yeah. And they did one for Colin. They gave it to Colin. Got a lovely photo from Colin. They did one for Silv. Got a lovely photo of Silv. Like being like, oh my god, this is amazing. Thank you. Um, they got they couldn't get to Chris, so they uh, asked a staff member to possibly take it to him. And a couple of hours later, Chris came out to find them and got a photo with them to thank them for the art piece because he was so touched. And it's like, oh my God, dude. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. This, it's... And this is one of those cases where the earth didn't turn around and shit on me. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it does, though. Oh, me too. I hope it turns around and shits all over Shits all over you. Um, <laughs> I think... Ah, <laughs> uh, so I think my first, my first convention, right? My first lady. I think it was, <laughs> if I remember, I, I have very vague memories of it. You were very drunk um, and nine. I was very young. Yeah, <laughs> but it was a Doctor <laughs> Who. It was work. a Doctor Who Christmas party. 
That's how it was marketed. Oh, okay. And it was down at, I think it was down at Thameside Studios? It was in London. Yeah. And it was back in the days when Gary Gillett was still editing DWM. Okay, all right, yes. Yeah, so, so I must have been quite young. Late 90s. Late then. 90s. Yeah. Tiny Matthew. Um, Tiny Matthew. And I remember... I remember vividly that they were doing a special effects reel. And I was... This is back in the days when some of the Doctor Who stuff still scared the shit out of me. Yeah. That's how young I was. And, I, and there was nothing scary, but I got freaked out that something scary was going to come. That I leapt out of my seat and over the front row. <laughs> Jesus. And ran out and then just hid behind the the uh, the railings at the side of the, the seating. I think I just I think I vaulted over Sophie Eldred's head. <laughs> she demands that happen uh, now. She enjoyed um, it so much that she demanded that at every event someone else to vault. I wish over I could her remember head. more of it because I've got photos and, and autographs from from it, but I don't re- really remember it I, because I was who, young. Who do, who do the documents tell us that you met? Uh, Sophie Aldred. Yeah, lovely. Nicholas Sophie. Courtney. <gasps> oh my! Oh. Oh, that makes Courtney. me sad. We're, we're like neck deep into the doctor um, in our marathon, and like the thought of meeting Nick Courtney would have been amazing. Sarah Sutton. Oh, bless her. Uh, I can't remember. Who Sorry, Nissa. <laughs> I've got a terrible. There's, there's Terrence? Mike Tucker. Was, was Terrence there? So, no, if Terrence was there, Dix I don't know. Or Malloy? Um, <laughs> Teddy Malloy. Yeah, no, no, Mike Tucker was there, and this was just before. This was before the BBC books had come along, so this is when he was still known as the special effects guy. Yeah. And he'd also done a lot of work on Red Dwarf at that point as well. Of course, he held so, the man shots for the ships yeah, and things yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was before he started writing, really. Or uh, published it. Um, and then a f- few years later, not uh, might have been even as little as one or two years later, went to the opening of the exhibition at Clongothlin. Yeah, the, the toy used, factory. In what used to be the Dapple factory. Yeah. And met JNT, Sylvester McCoy, Colin Baker. Um, who else was there? Bonnie Langford. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Bonnie Langford was there. Yeah, she, she, was, she was busy tapping on, on some, treading some and, boards somewhere. And, it, and then for a few years it became like an annual pilgrimage. To, to go to that to the Kangoflin exhibition. I went once and I have very and fond then, memories because they had like a ridiculously cool hall of monsters. Yeah, like, there was two yeah. corridors worth, weren't there? Yeah. And a lot of that and, like, stuff. That, that living room diagram set up, like, the, the diorama yes. and stuff, yeah. And a lot of that stuff ended up at <laughs> Blackpool. It did, yes. The living room moved because I remember that was a part of a yeah. couple of the exhibits. And um, a lot of the monster props. Yeah, and there was that uh, that sort of corridor that was like the roundels. And it had pictures yeah. of each of the doctors in every other roundel. And I remember it was hilarious because it was just like, there were all these sort of very old shots. And then there was just this brand spanking newish Paul like, McGann, Paul McGann yeah. shot. It was like, ooh. No, this would have been. Pre-McGann? This would have been 97 because it was when. Just after McGann. Because. Yeah. It was around the same time <laughs> that the TV movie got its VHS release. Holy shit. So the Christmas party one must have been before that. Oh my god! Because that was pre-TV movie. Yeah. Oh because gosh. in the gift shop at the Hangoflin one, they had the big um, at the big cardboard Tardis um, POS standee for yeah. the VHS of the the TV movie. God. And that's where we bought our VHS copy of the TV movie. Too right. What was the cover for the VHS? It was the it was Paul McGann sort of like 
in blue lighting in front of the TARDIS with a candle stick, yeah. stick holder and the key. Which is hilarious because that's got nothing to do with it's anything. Not in, in the, the film. film. Yeah. No. Um, in the same shoot where it's still, where they did got the photo of Sylvester with handing the key into Paul's hand and neither of them are looking at each other and it's like, this is weird. This is Italian. But it's, um, and it was a silver VHS case as well. Um, I'll see if I can find the artwork for you because it was, but yeah, that was, so that must have been but you know, I've not been much of a con guy. Mm. I think after I think, that, I think probably because you got spoiled when you were a kid. <laughs> like well, that after was, that, those were the most perfect years to after go. That first and... Doctor Who one. The next time I went to a con was in two thousand and one, where I went to my first and to this day only Transformers con, and that was Transforce how... in Kent. How frequent are they then? There's Transformers cons every year. God damn! But there's different ones. Sorry, right? Hot Rod, and the and they've like there's some. Like, Transforce only lasted, like, seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. And now, at the moment, it's TF Nation is the UK one that everyone goes to. Maybe Trans... Um, I was thinking about going this year, but... Uh, oh, uh, Transforce is... Transforce is, is probably still out there. Not as far as I'm aware. No, I think, okay. I think it's sort of morphed into... No, 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 it might be. It's, it's just disguised, so you can't find it. I hate you so much. I think I think it morphed into auto assembly and then auto assembly morphed into TF TF Nation Nation. Oh, yeah. I've not. I and then and then yeah. After that, I went to the first uh, not the first. I went to an MCM Comic Con in Manchester and then I went to a couple of. I went to the first two London Super Comic Cons. I've not. I've not. I've never Wait, was been. Was the LSCC we went to the first one? The first. That was the first LSCC. Yeah. Damn. I remember the queue that morning was huge. Like we we were in a yeah we were in a queue for a good a good hour just stood in the corridors of um, mm. yeah because we sort of took it in turns to like go to the toilet or whatever like yeah, one of the yeah, three of us would just mooch for a bit my place in the queue <laughs> and make a thing of like make that that very British thing of making a point of I'm currently in this spot with my friends yeah I'm not queue hopping when I come back I'm getting back to this spot. Must be loud so everyone knows I'm already here, so they're not annoyed when I come back and rejoin. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Um, God, yeah. yeah that, 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 was was a, that was a good con, if I recall. That was a VHS Crystal cover. interviewed us at that con, do you remember? Yeah, but she, she, was, she, was, doing, she was doing a fan documentary. She interviewed us at that convention. Yeah, oh my God. Holy shit. Um, that that, that would have been 2011 then, yeah. <gasps> yes, I've seen it. With that, with the ominous 12 certificate on Yes. The no, um, better than the freaking first DVD cover. Do you remember the DVD oh, cover? Um, it's just, it's just like the master sort of like doing this. It's a blue, blue yeah, yeah. Like, no, I've still got that. I've still this? got that DVD. I, I bought, I, I got it in revisitation. Like, I had that version, then I gave it to. Um, oh God, do you remember Cat Techie Cat from? Um, yeah, I think I gave it to her. Um, yeah. Because I got the Revisitations box set, and that's got the the two disc special edition in it. And on the cover of that version, it's fucking you know. Eighth Doctor in the middle, yeah. race to one side, the master to the other. Yeah. That makes more sense. I really wish, I really, really wish that they had done um, reversible DVD covers with the original VHS art. That would be cute. Because those, but, oh, those Andrew that, Skiller uh, VHS... They'd have to have done a consistent DVD cover. Oh yeah, because they, yeah. they changed it. Also, they changed the, t- the VHS covers after a while. Oh god, it's like the Virgin New Adventures and everything. Yeah, they just eventually they, they removed the. It was the diamond logo originally. Yeah, I don't even know. Origi- originally, originally, because the Earthshock was the first one. 
How the fuck did we get onto Doctor Who VHS? Oh God! Um, dimensions. Happy dimensions. memories. <laughs> yeah, the the original Earth shot. That, that that Welsh exhibit, the Corridor of Monsters. Is that yeah. the one that just had the fucking Mara in a case? Yeah. I remember seeing that but at they like also the age had... of nine or whatever, and going, "That's terrifying." Because a lot of it got because sh- it's such a big prop. Well, a lot of it got shifted over from Longley. Yeah. After the fire. And so, some stuff got lost in the fire, like oh, um, the the visitation pterodactyl android. Okay. Only a little bit of it survived, and it's a shame because it's such a beautiful prop. I remember, watched the, the, I visitation, remember the costumes in there being kept like, really well. Because didn't you enter the Hall of Monsters part of the exhibit through a TARDIS? There was like a TARDIS facade, and you opened the door, and that was the door into that There part was definitely of the a, a transition with that in it, but I don't remember what part it was. Because that was, that was the first time I'd ever seen a get in a Dalek sort of thing. Yeah. Where they have like a half Dalek and they had that. Which they then carried into the the Doctor Who exhibits and Doctor Who experiences like that later on. There was that there was a version of that also the first time I experienced You're facing mirrors so you could just see the mirrors through the thing and you can see them move it, yeah. The first time I experienced that was was at Museum of the Moving Image in London. Oh yes of course I don't know if they still have it, but they used to have a little Doctor Who section there with a canine and that museum's gone now, isn't it? Is that the one that was on the on on the That's where the shadow of the South Bank and everything. Um, Lincoln narration was shot <laughs> with Tom Baker. Was it the Wait, Museum is, of the Moving Image? Is, is that the one to see life or was? I'm not sure because I know that the because that's the film museum or whatever it's called in recent yeah. years that closed down, moved, and the last time I saw of it, it was near a Covent Garden now in a smaller building. Yeah, and it was primarily a James Bond exhibit. Oh, that's a shame. Which sucks because like it had James Bond in it prior to that, but it also had like you know the Alien Queen just stood at full size yeah. in the middle of a hallway, well, but which the- was fucking terrifying even to like 22 Again, year old a lot of the stuff it. that was relocated from the but museum was, was, like the image, was at Hang Offering yeah because yeah. the Rastan Warrior robot that's in the Shada um Lincoln narration was at Hang Offlin fuck I keep forgetting the Rastan and, and it not the Rastan oh, right. the Gundam robot Gundam that from... had the axe from King right. Teams and it was okay. no, I was going to say, I was gonna went, say like, mm. surely the Rastan would be like less Difficult to recreate. No, 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 there's no Raston. Bring me a silver morph suit. There's no Raston. <laughs> I get my warrior robots mixed up. Bring me right? a silver morph suit and pose it like a ballerina that's just leapt off the ground. Yeah, I could go for a con again. I, I do want to do TF Nation at some point when I've got some actual disposable income that I can use to buy robots. Well, it'd be it'd be nice to like go to one of the smaller ones and just buy some stuff. Are and they doing warp again? Things. Uh, Vorp is coming again, but I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't I didn't love my experience with it last time. Um, I think it was pretty cool in a way. Like, for your coverage, you could go to a lot of the panels and stuff. Mm. But it, it, I think just because of where it was within the promo, it was just kind of hard to, to really do much. Do mm. you know what I mean? Um, like, the one bit of merch I took away from that day was a Pennywise toy because one of the stalls there had some NECA stuff and it had been imported like a month before its UK release and I was like yeah I want to buy that like it, it was fine I, I kind of admired what they went for yeah. uh, and I hope that it gets better because I know they've done they've done one since they did like the first Doctor themed one that got delayed a bit and then happened mm-hmm. and they've got another one coming up later this year I, I don't know I'm, I'm, I'm toying with it I'm toying with I it could do what? but I, I, next time the there's one on at um I keep wanting to call it the GMAX. It's not called that anymore, is it? It's not been called that Central. for a while. Yeah, it's, it's called what it used to be. Manchester Central Convention Complex. Yeah, it was Manchester Central Train Station. Then it became the GMAX, like, uh, event centre. 
and yeah. now it's the Manchester Central Convention Complex. And the last thing I went to there was the Manchester Rail and Cider Festival. <laughs> and I staggered out. <laughs> it was great. Um, oh yeah, I'm in Manchester. I don't have to drive back from yeah. London. <laughs> this is great. Fantastic. But the next time there's a con there, I might give it a go regardless. Yeah. Just, you know, just why not? Let's dip in and browse the stalls because there is... There is good stuff to come out of conventions. A friend my of friends my... go with their kids, so yeah. they went this year and got Michael Rooker's autograph. They get more of a mix from that in a way, yeah. I suppose, don't they? Because even if they're having a shit time, they can live it through their kids a bit and well, see they, them well, they, having a good time. Their kids are seven and ten. Oh, perfect age to so, meet Yondu. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, perfect. a fr- friend of mine, Jenny, made a very good point to me a few years ago when I said, like, I don't think I'm going to do the cons anymore because of the way Showmasters ran this one and this, that, and the other. She made a very good point. She said, like, the stresses you can go through sometimes all of that is it pales in comparison to some people to meet even for a moment somebody who like maybe mm. they just admire a lot maybe they've had a you know as long as they're polite and not weird about it maybe they've had a crush on since <laughs> they were younger and it's just sort of really cool to be like oh my god i had a photo with them that's really that's really cool it's like and, and, and she said she made a good point she was like like these books and these shows and these films can save people's lives sometimes and for someone, the chance to get to meet that author or that actor or, you know, whatnot, even for just a moment, might mean the world to them. Yeah. And and that that's that's, that's the main take. Really, that's what it's about, really. That is yeah. ultimately what it's about. It it it's unfortunately soured by the money side of it, the organization and everything. Money spoils everything. Let's smash capitalism. Yeah. With a big stick. Smash the patriarchy! Let me just see, I'm, let's see how much the big sticks cost on Amazon. Oh, uh, yeah. Ah, um, mm. oh, no, it's too expensive. No, do you know what? Let's just let's, let's just have a coffee instead. Let's just... Mm, let's buy overpriced coffee. Let's buy over... Oh, damn it. Okay. Um, uh, let's get water. Nope. It's bottled. According to Nestle, <laughs> water is not a human right. Oh, fuck you, Nestle. Yeah. Anyway, if you've had a lovely con experience, do let us know because we would like to hear about it for next you're week. You're a liar, Chimwag. Because um, I've had some lovely con. I have had some lovely con experiences that are genuinely really cool. There are lots of smaller cons about, but they're basically just glorified caboo sales. I don't mind that. I'm having a good time. Glorified dealerships. God, yeah, you get those ones that are like um, a lot of them have started up in the northwest lately as well. They, they're at like boulders and centers mm-hmm. like that where. It's still cool, but it is mostly like car boot sales or independent comic book collectors or music shops setting up stalls. I feel like, and and they have like dioramas set up and yeah. stuff, and they sort of charge a small price to get a photo. And I remember one there was, there was one up, up in Bowlers, wasn't it? Where it was like the canteen. They did remade the, the canteen. No, they, they did no, no, no. They, they <laughs> re- oh, ladies convention. That'd be amazing. No, they'd remade the Mos Eisley Cantina. And, yeah, yeah. And for like a five, it was something like it was something like for a fiver you could get a photo sat in Greedo's booth so like you and someone else were given pistols and you could have a photo and, for, each other. and for 20 and quid you could get you could go <laughs> to the little alien who had that little penis thing on his chin and you could just just jerk it a just, little just uh, give it a little jerk just give it a little tickle with your finger like well, he does in the film do it between your fingers yeah yeah you're paying 20 quid yeah um, but like but it was like for a five you could get a photo in Greedo's booth they'd give you like hands, one of your hands blaster and one a replica of Greedo's blaster it's like that's kind of cool, and it was there was a whole thing of it was like uh, two quid of this is going to charity, two quid of every five pounds is going to charity, and like here's the charity that's going to. It's like it's me. That no, 
But it's like I'm the charity. But it's like that's cool. Like that is straight up brilliant. That like that's cool. really nice. Like they're making a profit and they're making money for a good cause. And and you get those moments where something is, you know, like really lovely. One of my fondest con memories ever is um first MCM. It wasn't MCM though. It was Codsmells, but the first one I went to. Yeah. Um, I think the first one that was called MCM was the first one I went to in 2010. Yeah. So this would have been 2008. No, 2006, 2007 maybe. No, 2005. It was 2005. And uh, it was called... Collectomania was what it was called before then. Which yeah. I think was I think was MCM. It's the company, the same company as MCM. Like st- yeah. Um, Collectomania I've seen used, but way less. Like, mm. they don't use that name as much. Um, so... It's th- what pays Jeremy Bullock's, mo- Jeremy Bullock's mortgage. <laughs> Because he's at every single one. <laughs> for Jeremy, the... I was Boba Fett. For Jeremy, the were you though? For Jeremy, the... no one would ever know. Jeremy, you don't understand your bank account. Like no one's checked back or answered any of the responses from Halifax for a while. It's been locked. It's practically dead. It's no good to me, dead. <laughs> I, I don't get it. That's what I said in the film. It doesn't sound like that though. Yes, it does. But it doesn't, Jeremy. It hasn't for 20 years, Jeremy. It's got a different accent now, Jeremy. They dubbed you, Jeremy. Um, Bless him. Uh, Bless him and his bollocks. I am against Bullock Erasure. We were at Collectivedia, and so I would... uh, 2005, so I would have been 14. My younger brother would have been 9. And it was his first convention. I think I'd been to one before, but that was like the first one. I it was his last. Friends. I went, funnily enough, I went with Lucy and our friend Ellie, and we went there. And my sort of plan was just to browse. I'd, I think I'd saved up like 30 quid, like pocket money or whatever. I was like, I'm just going to literally maybe mm. buy something or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ended up buying anything at all. But what because did you, happen... what did you buy with 30 quid? But what did happen is, I was wearing... Well, it was 2005, so I know, pro- probably, probably a million things. Collectomania of Showmasters. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I went there and I I was wearing a leather trench coat, which was like my pride and joy at that point. You fool. I'm a massive Buffy fan. That was the first big purchase I ever made. It cost me £200. It was like a Christmas and a birthday and then some to buy it. And I was was so chuffed with it. I was also a slimmer man, so I could pull it off. Well. But um, I was wearing that. Weren't we all? And Danny John Jules. So Cat from Red Dwarf for more... Modern younger viewers who I have like where who this have, is who going. have parents who love watching crime stuff. Uh, Dwayne from Death in Paradise. Uh, Dwayne Gibbler. <laughs> no, but <laughs> no, but isn't it great that his character's called? Yes, it? yes, um, it is. <laughs> but he um. Oh, Dwayne Gibbler. <laughs> Got everything, old chum. Let me just check. <laughs> Thermos, sandwiches, corn plasters, telephone money, animal footprint chart, and one triple thick condo. You, you never, never know. know. <laughs> Fucking love it. Um, so he was there, and um, he's obviously going back from like the bathroom with a member of staff to go back to his booth. Mm. And halfway there, he just sort of clocks me, and he just stops. And he goes, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" And he says, "Like, where did you get that?" I was like, "Oh, oh, the coat." Suddenly, my brain going, "Fucking hell, it's the cat!" And I'm like, "Oh, the coat." Um, I got a place called Afflex Palace. I bought it from there. It's one of the shops in there. And he went, it's amazing. He was like, we used to, and he turned to the security guy. He was saying, this is what I was saying to you, like the leather stuff on Blade 2. Like we had coats like this for Blade 2. Yeah, of course. Blade it's post Blade 2. And I was like, all oh, right. I said, well, I don't, this one's probably not as like, 
expensive or as cool as the one you wore in Blade 2. And he was like, I know, but it's still it's good. It's good it's combat. Cool. Thank you very much. Like, you said thank you very much to me for like stopping for a moment to answer his question. And then I was like, I said, that's all right. I said, can I be really cheeky? Do you mind if I get a photo? And the staff guy looked at him, so it was like, because eh, obviously you meant to pay yeah. this. And, and, and um, no, Danny, Danny went, Danny went, yeah, sure. And he sort of gave him a look, like, no, go on, we'll give it. And turn around, digital camera, my brother's got my camera, love takes it. a photo. So I got a photo with Danny John Jules. I love it. Five minutes later, I go up for my scheduled autograph from Danny John Jules. <laughs> and he's like, hello again, you're all right. And Toby, by this point, is sort of nine year old Toby's like, plucked up the courage a bit more because of that chat it kind of woke him up a little so he's just chatting with Danny John Jules for five minutes this is good and I think the sign I think Toby's got the sign photo somewhere he must do but that was really sweet and then on the way out we pass Robert Llewellyn like at his thing Ah. and Toby's in such a good mood that as we're walking past that that part of the the, the alley the, 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 the row he goes Hi, Crichton! And waves oh. at him. Ooh. And Robert just sort of beams and goes, Hello! And waves over. And I'm just like, Holy crap! Where did that confidence come from? <laughs> so, as we leave, and I'm just like, Do we just... We just... The this hell just happened? Like, this that was good. that was one of those where I was like... I think that was the time where I went, These can be great. These can be really cool. Yeah. And you can get it. Like, I, I was very fortunate to bump into a friend who was a guest on a panel at the second class Comic Con I went to and he stopped mid-security to have a quick chat with me and stuff and, and which amazed Lucy because she was really starstruck <laughs> and I was like what was just doing um, I, I don't want to say it because I don't want to name drop because it sounds really big-headed but anyway it was like um, just a really cool little moment but it was one of those where like it was only because of kind of his his position that he obviously could get away with making the security wait for a moment. Yes. Do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Whereas nowadays you feel like that the, the stars who do want to obviously stop and have a chat and stuff can't really do that. Convention hero, the guy who I absolutely adore, is Jason Muse. Yeah. We met Jason Muse in LA in 2013 when we went to Jane Silent Bob's super groovy cartoon movie screening in LA when we were on holiday there. Yars. And got a photo with him and had a quick chat with him. And then we were at LFCC in 2014 and he was a guest there. And we were like, well, fuck, we've got to go and say hello. And that was the year I cosplayed. That was the year I had, um, I was dressed as the sixth series 11th Doctor with a big green coat and everything. And we bought, yes. we bought, uh, as, as lovingly kept in my office, we bought the Cap Shield and the Mjolnir that were in my office from that convention because the, uh, the cinema shop or whatever they were called. Remember the ones that used to be near um, Leicester Square, just off of Shaftesbury? The cinema and TV shop or whatever they were yes. called. They always yes, used yes, to do yes, they yes, always yes. used to do the same stuff Planet did, but like a bit pricey, which was annoying. But they had a wider range of books and like costume yeah, items. Yeah, they had loads of like behind the scenes mm. coffee table books. That yeah. was like their stock in trade. Yeah, they, they always had they always used to have a stall. Posters. Yeah, oh god, yeah. But they always used to have a stall. Uh, and they would tend to sell more stuff that was like one-off. Yeah. So like um, movie masters, like Dark Knight figures and things like that, they wouldn't normally get into the store. And they were selling various like, you know, Marvel dress props. So I got my cap shield for, cap shield and Mjolnir. I managed to negotiate it and I got them for 30 quid together. That's good. When it should have been about 45 quid. But I was just, I was just being that's like, good. I was just being like, that's really cool. I was like, 
Oh, I just, I don't know if I can, I said, I don't, I, he said, do you like it? I was like, I don't know if I can honestly stretch 20 quid for the hammer. Like, it's it's really nice, but it's so lightweight that I'm worried that I'm going to break it before the end of the day. Yeah. And he said, like, well, like, don't hit anyone. See what, I'll do the shield on that for 30, 30 quid or whatever. And I was like, yeah, okay. Okay. That'd be amazing. And then spent the rest of the day walking around dressed as the doctor with cap shield and Thor's hammer. I was doing it before it was a one point whatever billion movie thing to do my other TARDIS is an X-Wing but we went up to speak to Jay Muse and Lucy and I were like hey so we met you briefly last September we came to LA to watch Super Groovy Cartoon we were like you came all the way out for that we were like well yeah like not yeah. even joking we we, yeah. we did we we said should we go to LA because we always wanted to do, it, do the Universal Park there and when we were booking holiday we went holy shit let's go to Babylon and then as we were doing yeah, that... Yeah, the timing's just right. As we were doing that, it was like, oh my God, Super Groovy Cartoon Movie's out. Let's get tickets for that. And then we are like, oh my God. So while we were out there, we did two Smodco events like while we were there. And and he was like, oh my God, that's amazing. Thank you so much, guys. And we've got the signed photo of him on the stairs and it says something like... Um, it says something like, thanks for double dipping or something like that. <laughs> and it's like, oh, dude, that's so cool. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So it's like, that was awesome. But he was in front of his table. Just sat on it. And there was a queue of people. Like, there's a constant queue of people. Yeah. But you're not meant to do that. But he didn't give a fuck. So, we got a photo with him. I'm sure you've seen it somewhere as well. Like, the photo of, like, the two of us. Oh, yeah. Show. Like, oh, yeah. That's not meant to have been taken based on their contract. But that was great, because he obviously had that thing of, fuck it, I'm here. Like, I'm going to chat with everyone and take photos. And, do you know what I mean? That's the cool shit. That's the cool shit. What are your cool con stories, yeah? Big bunch of beautiful bastards. I don't have any. at gmail.com. Have you leapt over Sophie Aldred's head? We want to know. Um, but nothing more filthy than that. Uh, you can also get us Twitter at BigDamnCast. We're on twitch.tv slash a big damn story. And based on where you're listening to this, uh, we're on YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes. So climb aboard. Climb aboard, you filthy winch. And we will see you all next time for a set fee of £75 per person. Because next time, I'll be deadly serious next time. My brain!